Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name is Jay, and I'll be your host today. With me, all the way from the prison that he calls his room, is Clifton. Clifton, how are you? That 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 hits way too close to home. Not so much now, but <laughs> definitely there's been times in the past where that hits way too close to home. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, that lyric caught me too. I was like, yep, I remember, <laughs> remember you know, having good vibes with that one. So, <laughs> I'm with you. Yes. But, speaking of all that, what are we listening to this week? We are listening to a little teaser EP of um, like four raw and kind of honestly manic songs from the melodic skate punk band Slick Shoes. Was this hard to find? No, it's on. It's on all the streaming services. It's just out there. All their stuff is. Was this played in youth group? Oh, 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 God, no. That would be that would have been kind of amazing. But I think also like it would have. I mean, it's completely unrealistic, and it might have like actually like broken me at the time because I would have had an internal crisis about liking obscure things and it suddenly being played in a popular place. You you make a good point. I hadn't thought about it, but <laughs> we kind of needed this to not be played in youth group. I think you're <laughs> right. Like, as much as I wanted youth group to embrace it, and I griped about how they wouldn't play this type of music if they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my head would have exploded or something. Like, I wouldn't have known what to do. <laughs> exactly. Now, I do, you know, know from talking to some of these guys in bands and hearing about other parts of the country, it does sound like in California and places, some of this was like youth group music. Oh, really? Or like, you know, they even had yeah. bands in their yeah. youth group that played this type of stuff. But, um, yeah, and they, and they, and they like brought bands like this to youth group. Yeah. Right. But Clifton and I grew up in Texas, and this was definitely not <laughs> happening, at least in the late 1990s for us. Yeah. I will say that my very crappy punk band did play a youth group one time. Okay. So, well, not my go. youth group. But <laughs> the cooler youth group across town. In a small town, actually, outside of my town. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, they, did they cut you off after the second song, or they let you play no, the whole set? No, we, okay. played, we played a full set. <laughs> okay. Okay. You That reminds me... Whenever we do a 90-pound wuss episode, I have a story about 90-pound wuss at a small town in Texas, but I'll save that um, <laughs> for then. So, everybody, when, when that comes up, be ready. Okay. Getting off track. Clifton, tell us about Slick Shoes. So, almost all the information I'm going to talk about here comes from some interviews with the band from the Labeled podcast and all the, also the Growing Up Punk podcast. So, Slick Shoes formed, I think, in like 1996. Uh, uh, Wikipedia says 1994, but that's not what the interviews suggest. But anyways, uh, 1996 around Lancaster, California, which is a northern suburb of Los Angeles. Jackson uh, started off their guitarist, basically started off playing guitar and singing, but he wanted to focus more on playing guitar. So his girlfriend had a younger brother, Ryan, who really wanted to sing in a band, and he was singing one song with another band live at a show. And so the Slick Shoes guys went to see him, and they liked him, so they snatched him up for any other bands could. And so sometime in 1996, we got our full, what we would know as six shoes for several albums, which was Joe on drums, Ryan on vocals, who was 14 at the time, 
Jackson on guitar, who was 20 at the time, and Jeremiah on bass. They pretty much immediately recorded a demo tape, which was their second demo tape, with Ryan still learning the songs as they recorded them. And thinking that they uh, that he was a Tooth & Nail employee, they sent the um, demo to Bob Moon, who was the producer of the early MXPX albums. And obviously he's not an empo- uh, uh, Tooth & Nail employee. But so while that didn't get to Tooth & Nail, someone did get the demo into the hands of Tooth & Nail. And so one day, while they were practicing at Joe's house, Bill Power called. And the band gathered around the phone in Joe's parents' bedroom and... Uh, History was made, I guess. Having just missed being on a compilation, I, which I guess that's what Tooth & Nail typically did. I don't know if that's how the story goes. And I looked into the timing of this, which would have been the end of 96. So the only real comp that came out right before that was um, I'm Your Biggest Fan. So it might have been that comp that they missed. Having missed being on a compilation, Tooth & Nail gave them the opportunity to record this four-song EP which the band recorded with uh, Steve Kravick, who had produced the Value Packs first album, the Cooties album, and MX- MXPX's life in general. And pretty much the first anyone outside of Tooth & Nail heard of this, uh, this EP was calling in to Tooth & Nail when he got put on hold. This was used as hold music. And it was officially released in January 21st, 1997. And that brings us up to this EP. I'll just add, because I, I, I listened to the same podcast you did, I heard that um, they were so popular on the hold music that Tooth & Nail no, knew like they had something good on their hands even before the EP came out, because everybody was like, what is that playing on, <laughs> on hold, you know, when they finally got to speak to someone? so That's true. I was going to save that for the end of the podcast, but oh, thanks for ruining the story. Sorry, Clifton, you can cut this out and <laughs> stick that there. My bad. Okay. It's okay. Just delete this. Anyway. <laughs> so, when did this come into your life? I don't remember specifically finding this EP, but I do remember listening to it a lot. I have a specific memory of sitting in my car in a driveway waiting to pick someone up for vacation Bible school. Like I was a a teacher at vacation Bible school. And like, I remember like listening to this EP and being really impatient for the first full length uh, Slick Shoes album to come out, which was supposed to be like out at any time that summer. And and it did come out that summer. Yeah, I I think I got this probably about when you did too, probably right after it came out. I mean, by this point, early 97, Tooth and Nail had been really going strong for almost a couple of years, definitely mm-hmm. through 96, and I think for a large part in 95, and I was pretty already tuned in to yeah. what they were doing. So it was like, oh, a punk band on Tooth and Nail named yes. after the Goonies? I would have been <laughs> all in on that. So I think I yeah. got it, you know, immediately when it came out. Yeah, th- this was, I-, I think this played such a big, big role in my life because it was probably the first punk band on Tooth & Nail that like, like I wasn't catching up to, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was the first one that I was like there from the beginning on for me and, and, and like, besides it being really, really, really good, you know, it was kind of the first one that I like, for me, I felt like I could like really like, like take some sort of. Uh, possession of you know like since i was there from the beginning yeah so how'd you feel about it at the time i remember being like like really taken aback by this album most of um i guess i guess i want to save some save it for when we talk about the songs but i'll say that you know it has a really unique sound and it's so much, you know, more complex and layered than 
obviously most punk was at that time, especially most punk that I had been been exposed to, which was mostly like MXPX and Value Pack and Goaty Hook. Even, even though Goaty Hook, I think, is a little more complicated than, than the other two, this is even a step beyond that. Yeah, I agree. I went back and actually listened to those three, you know, kind of while I was doing this to kind of catch me up, because I think those were the three main, like, pop punk bands mm-hmm. out at the time in the Christian market for for the most part, I mean, the Huntington's had come out, I guess, in 96, but that was mm-hmm. a different label and kind of a different thing. Um, and so I agree. I, I was surprised at how kind of different this was. Um, yeah. Before we go into it, any songs that stood out to you from your memories? I remembered all of them. You know, uh, the the last song, um, My So-Called Real Life or something like Real World, I don't know what it's called. It's a horrible title. But the last song was always kind of my favorite one. <laughs> well, okay. so. What did you expect before going back to this? It sounds like you've already listened to it some, but yeah, yeah, I've, I, you know, I, I know what to expect. I've listened to it, not like a ton, but I've gone back to this EP several times over the years. That that said, though, I, uh, the sound is a little bit like more compressed, like dull than I remembered it. Just, and I'm not talking about like the playing. I'm talking about the recording quality itself. Um, but it's just a little more like less lively, I think, than I remembered, but still really good. I agree. I, I was surprised by that too. I think I listened to their full length that came after this Rusty more. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back to this, and it's recorded by the same guy, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, Steve Kravak. So I don't know if he just had more time on that album. It sounds more full, but this, yeah. I agree with you. It sounds a little squashed in yeah. some way. Yeah, I don't know how long they had to do it, you know, for example, but it, it did a, you know, yeah. They, maybe they recorded it in a couple of days, you know, who knows. Not bad. I mean, we definitely are, have listened to and will listen to albums that have worse recording quality oh, yeah. on the show. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it struck me too. Yeah. Well, should we jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Tell us about song number one, Silence. This is a great opening track. It has kind of this like extended, even though I say extended, but it's like 22 seconds long. This like almost like revving up of the song, you know, even in that you can kind of see, even though it's kind of, it, since it's revving up, it's kind of like the guitar part's kind of slow. Or I should say like it feels slow because what's actually going on is, is, is they're playing really fast. Jackson's, Jackson's guitar is actually way faster than you might think it sounds. as you heard there it kind of breaks into the first verse and the guitar kind of goes into this like you know this period like dun 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 and i want to come back to that later because i want to talk about jackson's guitar on another song for me there's a few defining features of slick shoes especially this this kind of first incarnation of slick shoes the first that hits you here i think is immediate on this song are the unique vocals of, of ryan there's something like almost robotic or kind of like almost digitized about it but like in a good way i don't know exactly how to how to describe it other than just listen to it again you know now i have always wondered how i can stand up on your shoulders 
be like a rock that rock that rock that not say a thing It always seems confusing Your friends are never amusing You can talk and talk and talk and not say a thing You wake up all below and never make a sound and it doesn't seem to be like an actual effect on his vocals, but it's just kind of this like, I don't know. And, and his vocals are almost also like monotone, but not completely. I, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know, because they're not monotone, but they feel monotone, you know? And they are somewhat, but yeah, anyways, they come off as like confident and a bit forceful. Which I think really fits well with like kind of just the overall energy of Slick Shoes, but the the vocals are just this unique kind of thing for me that kind of really hit, really hit me real hard. You're nicer on the vocals than I am. I did note in my notes <laughs> that it's monotone. Uh, I think his vocals, in my opinion, are the worst on this song. I think they're better on yeah. the next three. And part of me wonders, he's fourteen, mm-hmm. just. They're not exactly signed yet, but at least got this opportunity to record EP professionally with you. I'm sure he felt a lot of pressure. I don't know about you, but when I was 14, 15, I was in church choir Mm -hmm. (laughs) occasionally. And I remember, you know, and there's like no formal training. It's just you're singing songs like (laughs) you, I should say youth choir at church. Yes. And so I remember always trying to sing, like, sometimes I'd be like, should I sing like an octave lower? Like, cause your voice has changed and you're trying to figure out like, (laughs) what sounds good and just whatever key some of the songs were in i just was like part of it felt too high but then like this feels too low to sing it low you know and so it (laughs) i'm wondering if that's part of it because one thing i realized going back into this is ryan didn't write any of the lyrics on this ep they're all jackson yes and so i don't know if jackson originally sang these songs you know or if they were designed for ryan but he still wrote the lyrics so Maybe he's trying to kind of fit someone else's vocal mm-hmm. style, hasn't developed his own yet. I think his vocals get a lot better later on, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, he's, I think, you know, we, we heard that they, you know, they recorded that, that uh, demo right before this with Ryan still learning the songs as they were recording them. So I think it's probably pretty much guaranteed that Jackson was singing this originally and that when Ryan took over, he's just emulating Jackson's vocals. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we get through that. Uh, we get through the verse, and the the uh, the chorus is actually very melodic, which is which is kind of uh, you know one thing that gets talked about a lot with Slick Shoes is that they have this skate punk, you know, fast guitars, fast energy, but they also have a lot of a lot of you know catchier and melodic things going on with them, and and a lot of that actually does come from from the vocals from Ryan's vocals which i think are really highlighted here by like this the the i don't know like the really energetic instrumentation behind them and there's kind of some like nice like ni- nice tight stops and starts uh with th- with this uh, chorus here I think the the drums there kind of kind of bring a lot of impact to that as, as well, and and you know we've mentioned uh, I kind of mentioned here already kind of the uh, the recording quality you know being a bit more dull than I remember, and it and it is but besides that the production's great you know a, a lot and uh, I'll say a lot of punk even stuff that we've talked about like like pocket change you know is kind of haunted by poorly recorded drums, 
where you get this like in, in incessant like tap 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 from the snare drum, right? <laughs> and we really don't get any of that here, which which is which is good because I think this EP would be probably unlistenable if if there was too much if there was bad drum production because there's so much drums going on that if they were recorded poorly, they would just like the rest of the music would just dissolve into the bad drum recording, you know. But you know, it part and 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 part of that's just because the drums, like much a lot of it, you know, is just like completely manic. In fact, in those interviews, they talk about Jackson and Joe kind of fighting with each other to see who can play faster, who can play these songs faster, you know, which is probably where a lot of this energy comes from. And the the drums are kind of full of you know, they're full of changes, they're full of like fills and crashes and i you know i don't have a lot of drum vocabulary but but they're great the drumming is really good on this and the drums are recorded well i i thought so too it, it, they sound really good and he's a good drummer already at this oh point. yeah like very skilled the band band would be like he it's an essential for this type of band to have this kind <laughs> of drummer and so yeah he definitely does a really good job and we've kind of talked about this before, you know, that, you know, even though there's four people in the band, there's three, there's three people playing instruments, you know, and on a, on a three piece like this, it's just no one can get away with being not good. And all of these guys are very skilled at what they're doing here. I mean, Jackson's an amazing guitarist. Joe's a great drummer. And Jeremiah is a very good bassist, you know, so it's, it's just there, there's nothing left out here that's not great. Right. I also. uh, uh Maybe I'll do this. I'll come back to that at the end of the song. <laughs> so after a uh, after a second chorus, the instrumentation kind of drops out and then builds back into like a guitar lead bridge thing that, thankfully, isn't overly pretentious. And that kind of leads into another chorus, and then there's kind of a high energy into the song with kind of a dun 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 there's and there's obviously more guitar solos on this album, but I like them probably also because the songs are so short that you're not yeah. going to have like a minute and a half of a guitar solo because <laughs> the whole song's yes. only about that long. And so it's kind of fun because they're like 10 seconds, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it, with, with short songs, nothing is done too much, you right. know? Speaking of, I counted the number of drum fills on every song, every song on this EP. And on this song, there's 18 drum fills. Wow. With a quarter of them coming in just those last few seconds of the song on that, on that outro. And honestly, it feels like when you listen to the song, it feels kind of conservative. There's a lot more opportunities for drum fills that weren't taken. But it's just everything's so fast and so constantly moving. It's, it's one of those things that makes Slick Shoes Slick Shoes. And it's kind of, you know, comes from the skate punk thing where things change up a lot. But it's just 
there's it's you they very rarely get into just like a rhythm of just, and just like go with it for a long time you know they're always doing something different and, and part of that's doing fills part of it's you know maybe the guitar will change up halfway through a verse even though it's playing sort of the same thing it's playing different you know or the drums will change up in the middle of a line you know and it's just it, it all of this changing kind of brings a lot of energy to this album yeah and i think that's something i didn't notice initially or a lot of the times i've listened to this because the songs are so short yeah it will just fly by and you kind of have to slow down and like oh they're doing quite a bit in this very short song <laughs> yes just just highly energetic that's why i kind of described it as manic you know because it just it is non-stop just different things new things just yeah, yeah. definitely there's a live version of this on uh, broadcasting live which we'll come back to later you want to talk about the lyrics here Yes. All right. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we've already we've already mentioned all the lyrics are by Jackson, as he was the original vocalist for the band, and Ryan only recently joined. All right. Let me re- let me read the lyrics here real fast because they're they're kind of short. They say, "Now I have always wondered how can I stand upon your shoulders, look around and around and around, and not see a thing. It always seemed confusing. Your jokes are never amusing. You can talk and talk and talk and not see a thing. We could fall below." and never make a sound. The truth is frightening now. Will we ever get out? You always try to listen, and for that gift I feel threatened. By the high esteem I hold you, it hurts so much. I wipe the dust off of my face. It's all that's left of my dreams misplaced. I find it hard to believe you could take much more. Okay, a question I have all throughout this, and we've mentioned this in other albums. Who is the you? Yeah, I know. A lot of these songs, (laughs) it seems like it skips around. It does, right? Right. And a lot of the songs in this EP kind of have this this like change between the for the 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 beginning of the song and the end of the song, especially for the verses, you know, where the first part of this says, "Now I've always wondered how I can stand upon your shoulders, look around and around, and not see a thing." I don't know what that means, but it seems a little insulting, you know. And especially when you get to the next one, which is I, which is it always seems confusing. Your jokes are never amusing. You can talk and talk and talk and not say a thing. That's definitely mean, right? Yeah. But <laughs> I'm hesitant because I've, you know, I've read more. It, and also, I'll just say, standing upon someone's shoulders, sometimes, you, you know, that's said in the sense of, like, someone that came before you and supports right. you, you know? So, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, is, is this like a little kid trying to stand on their, on their, on their, on their father's shoulders to see a parade? Or is this, yeah, as, as you said, kind of the metaphor for, you know, building upon what other what, what's come before? Right. I'm not sure. Either way, it's not working. I think we can say that because you can look around and around and not see a thing. Yep. And as as I said, I would take the you can talk and talk and talk and not say a thing, and your jokes are never amusing. I would say, I would take that as it's at least not nice. You know, you're not you're not complimenting somebody here. You're definitely saying a negative thing about somebody here. Yeah. So it seems like we're talking about, I don't know, it's, it's kind of seems like maybe someone's like been, like the narrator has been hurt by somebody here. I don't know. We'll come back to the second, we'll, we'll get to the second verse in a minute because it, it makes, it takes a turn. But the chorus in between that is, we could fall below and never make a sound. The truth is frightening now. Will we ever get out? Fall below what? I don't know. Is that like fall into hell? fall into a crevasse, fall into a pit. I don't know. And what's frightening about the truth? What truth? 
There's not enough information here, I guess. Yes. And Slick Shoes never talked about their lyrics, so there's no help out there in interviews or anything. Mm -hmm. So in the second verse, we get a little turnaround. You always try to listen, which is a positive thing. And for that gift, I feel threatened. By the high esteem I hold you, it hurts so much. So you're always trying to listen to me when I talk, I guess. And I feel threatened by that. I hold you in high esteem, and so something hurts? I don't know. So That's what I understand. You always try to listen, and for that gift, I feel threatened by the highest thing I hold you. It hurts so much. Like, it hurts so much because someone's trying to listen to me? Well, and so what I get, what, what I kind of took from it, maybe, is, like, maybe the narrator here is trying to be so protective of themselves that they find other people being kind to be threatening. like. They're they're admitting admitting something wrong with themselves here. Hmm. That's a lot for a a twenty year old to come up with when they pin the lyrics, <laughs> but possibly, Maybe. yeah. Slick shoes, slick shoes lyrics have always been pretty mature, though. That's You're one right. Thing I like about them, and I learned that more as I was going back through this. I realized. Yeah. So yeah, it's one thing I've always appreciated about them. You know, you don't you don't get any like dumb little love songs or like, woe is me. I'm so alone or things like that. You know, they're, they're always mature and they're always in kind of behind this veil of, uh, of metaphor, you know? So that's, that, that's one thing I was another kind of defining factor of slick shoes that I always appreciated. So then at the very end here, I wipe the dust off of my face. It's all that's left of my dreams misplaced. I find it hard to believe you could take much more. So, you know, I'm getting up off the ground, wipe myself off. The remains of my failure, maybe, are kind of all that's left of my dreams that I met, that I put in the wrong place. And then I find it hard to believe that you can take much more, as if, like, I keep messing up. So I, I find it hard to believe that you could put up with me much more, right? Okay, that makes more sense. I guess so, but how does it relate to the first verse? Are the U's the same? Yeah, I've wondered that throughout the CP and many other places. <laughs> <laughs> is there god in here that's another question that i've asked looking back through this <laughs> i i just i've always wondered how i can stand upon your shoulders look around and around and not see a thing i always seem it, it always seemed confusing your jokes are never amusing you can talk and talk and talk and not see a thing i don't think that's referring to god yeah I, i'd find it hard to understand if it was yeah i'm, I'm not sure yahweh is known for for being a big joke teller. <laughs> hmm. Not in the Old Testament, at least. Yeah. He did get the last laugh, though. <laughs> but um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we're going to have to leave these lyrics undecipherable to some extent and just move on, I guess. I think Slick Shoes is one of those bands where lyrically you find one line that sticks out to you and you that's like very it, true and you go with it where you know other bands there might be most of a song you can really relate to this is more just at least for me one or two lines mm -hmm. in a song like oh yeah yeah i like that and then the rest of the time i have no idea what they're talking about yeah yeah i agree and and for this one you know i think the things that stood out to me is that really that first verse now i've always wondered how i can stand up on her shoulders look around and around not see a thing that's always something that i could understand when i was listening to it you know, I kind of that dreams misplaced always stood out to me. Will we ever get out? Yeah, those kind of things stood out to me, which which is more just like a I'm trying here, you know, and it's not working out that well. All right, I guess we'll move on. Well, 
I guess, is the second song. <laughs> All right. So this song starts out with a very active, like, da na 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 type thing with the whole band. And then kind of just the guitar goes, it comes back and does the same thing. da na 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 And then there's a drum fill. Um, and it kind of repeats. And there's another great drum fill. And then their second guitar comes in. And so that kind of brings me, I want to talk about Jackson's kind of guitar here as another factor that's kind of a a defining thing of slick shoes for me. Most punk, especially pop punk, um, is made fun of a lot for playing power chords kind of just as fast as possible. And to be fair, the beginning of this song does do that. Let's listen to that here. Then you get to that point where there's that other guitar going near 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 near. You know, we 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 go from these power chords to this more defined. I don't know that there's a name for this kind of chord, but it's you know just this higher register of chord. Should I explain what a power chord is? <laughs> a, a power chord is just like the bass notes of, 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 of a bar chord that's very easy to play and it's not, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take much much skill to play a power chord. <laughs> Which is why they get made fun of a lot. And But then you get like this higher register chords moving around the neck quite a bit. And it's that kind of like moving around and the speed of it is a big part of Jackson's guitar style and, and what makes these early Slick Shoes albums to me kind of sound so unique. And I want to put that on pause for a second because we're going to go back into... Uh, into the song here for a second. So um, the first verse starts and the guitar goes kind of back to power chords, but it's kind of also accented by this like quick run between lines on the verse. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me play that here as an example of that. more of a Jackson's great great playing there and the song has like, like a really quick chorus um it's basically like one line I think like one or two lines in the, in the in the lyrics and after the chorus kind of everything drops out and slows down and the bass comes to, to like the forefront and kind of uh between beats of the guitar here let me let me play that we hear there that so that that is this great guitar that that to me right there is this iconic slick shoes jackson goes into like it's it's basically like a palm muted riff so he's palm muting with his right hand and moving quite a bit with his with his left hand all over the all well, probably not all over the all over the uh the the fretboard it's actually probably pretty localized just a lot of different notes there but it's that kind of like quick palm muting thing that breaks into other things real fast too i don't know exactly how to describe it but it's this right here that to me is like a defining point of slick shoes 
And, you know, I've spent a lot of time in preparing for this episode listening to a lot of influences that the band claims from, like, Lagwagon to The Descendants and Strung Out, Face to Face, No Effects, all kinds of things. And I, I, I just can't find that this comes from any of those influences, at least not kind of, like, in this form and, like, in this intensity. Every once in a while, someone might do a quick little thing like that for, like, one beat, but not in this, like, sustained, like, whole like riff that goes back and forth between palm muting and 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 straight out into playing and it's i don't know it's 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 something that's unique to slick shoes and one of the things that kind of make them so exciting uh, to listen to for me and and i think it really adds kind of to that like manic and furious sound that is slick shoes yeah this this was a song i thought was most technical on the yeah. ep like it really just every member you can hear how technical it is guitar especially but drums and bass as well i agree so after that riff uh there's kind of a solo kind of thing which once again you know it's fine it kind of goes it kind of does go off the rails here for a second let me let me play And that solo kind of takes it out to the end of the song. Once again, another just fast and 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 manic song uh, from Slick Shoes. Number of drum fills on this song, ten. Once again, I think they're very well placed. A, a lot of them kind of follow and echo like some, some something like quick that the guitar just did. And it's honestly kind of hard to tell how many drum fills are on the song because it just plays so fast. But it's that was my best my guess my best count over several listens. So this is actually re-recorded on the Wake Up Screaming album, um, which I find very interesting. Do you want to listen to that real fast to see uh, how it compares? Yeah, because I didn't know that. That was not great. 
yeah, I thought the other one was better. Aside, I think I like the vocals more on the newer version. Really, I didn't like the little enhancements that he did there. Yeah, but I thought it sounded fuller. That's my only problem with the vocals on this. It sounded a little flat, but guitar way better. It's this that newer version has kind of a more low end. Yeah, it's a very and it's a very flubby. Like the guitar tone is horrible. Honestly, I just I just I. I never listened to that album a lot, and that is a horrible guitar tone, and it's a very flubby bass end, you know? Yeah. Well, while you were playing it, I looked on Discogs. That album actually doesn't have Jackson. Correct. So, right. so Jackson is gone by this point. Okay. That maybe yes. explains the different sound on the guitar, because, yeah, yes. I really like the guitar sound on that song more on the EP. Like, they should yeah. have just left it alone. Yeah. It's also considerably slowed down, so it, and, it, and it feels like it has no energy to it. Yeah, this one on the EP feels like there's probably no way they could play it any faster. Correct. <laughs> I will agree to that. <laughs> the end part, they kind of pulled off a little bit better, I think, than the beginning part, but it's yeah, just overall, it's, I don't know. The, the flubby guitar, the flubby low end on the guitar, and the overall the guitar tone did not help, I don't think. But yeah. yeah. All right. You want to talk about the lyrics here? I think these are a little clearer. Yeah? What do you, I mean... Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, let me read them real fast, then we can we can dive into them. So, me, me, myself, and I, I guess I'm scared you lied to me again. I guess, as foolish as I am, I have a weakness for you because once you care for me. We all know that you are hurting deep inside. We can tell your life's regret is killing you. Verse 2. We never have the time to straighten out the lines between you and I. And if, if I saw you die, I'm scared I would not cry because of what you said. We all know that time's the only thing between us. We can tell that only God can help us work this out. And one thing that's interesting about this album is these songs are not necessarily all about girls. I love that. Yeah, because a lot of (laughs) punk bands, it's almost always about girls. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I love the Huntingtons. I love that album we just recently did. But this has a little more mystery to it. Exactly. As to what they're talking about. I will say I do really like the line, if I saw you die, I'm scared I would not cry because of what you said. Yeah. That did not hit me at all when I was young, but going back through this, really? I was like, ooh, that's a good line. <laughs> um, I, I had a very different reaction to that line. And, and, and also in that kind of dichotomy between how I looked at it when I was a kid and how I'm looking at it now, you know, today I find that, that line very strange. I think for like for 16 year old Clifton, it wasn't strange at all. I and thinking back on it, I think that this kind of like what would you do if you died or what would you do if so and so dies? It's kind of like a very prominent idea in American evangel in evangelical Christianity, and just not something I think about that often these days. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's definitely like do do you know where you're going to go when you die? Like yeah, all the time. I mean, very anxiety producing for mm-hmm. kids growing up in that because it was just hammered into you yeah i hadn't really thought about that but we probably thought about death (laughs) way more than any normal teenager would i mean at least i don't think it was super real to us but at least theoretically yeah yeah i agree I, i mean i guess for me being older now what i like about it is i'm just just to be completely honest it's true like there's some people in my life like that you know, I'm still kind of upset with. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. if they died, I'm not sure how I'd feel. 
because I'm yeah. still kind of bitter and it's something I'm working through <laughs> and I'm in therapy and I'm hoping it gets better. But like, right. I, I appreciated how honest that lyric was. I do agree with that. It, it is, it is a very cutting line, you know, and it, and it, and it is, it definitely comes from somewhere deep, right? Yeah. Um, other than that though, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just a song about being upset with somebody and, and, and it's not going well right now. But Clifton, at the yes. end, he says, we can't tell that only God can help us work it out. Mm-hmm. They mention God. True. Good thing. Because we're second, we're on the second song into this, if we didn't get a mention of God, it was not going to last long in the Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. So we can feel sure now that this is okay to listen to because they've <laughs> talked about God. Phew. All right. Yep. I feel validated by this song. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, next one is named for a skateboarding move, and it is called 5-0 Grind. Oh, I'm glad you said that, because I had no clue what it was about. Okay. Yep. It's not about, like, getting off of work at 5 o'clock and going to the bar. No, but, you know, now that we're older, <laughs> <laughs> it could be that, too. Yeah. It could be right. 5 o'clock grind. Yeah, sure. Right, exactly, yeah. All right, so uh, this at the beginning of this one, you get like a great earful of Jeremiah's great bass tone once again, with a pretty straightforward bass line, and it's uh, soon joined by Joe's like like some really sharp like tat tat drumming and, and 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 Jackson's guitars, and you start to get the feeling like it's gonna be a heavier song, maybe with like some less melody. Then you get that change up in there where the drums, uh, the the drums kind of change up and like we get a, ni- a nicer rhythm, not not just like a hardcore rhythm, but like a nicer like a little poppier rhythm. And then and then the guitar changes up and 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 Jackson, you know, instead of just playing power chords, he brings in the, once again this higher octave chords, where I think there's also just more character to the chords instead of the power chords are only by the way they're only even though a chord is technically made up of three notes, power chords are only made up of two notes. It's just the bass note. And then, and then the fifth, and then the bass note again, and so I think he's playing triads with these with these other chords, um, and so it gives it some more texture and and a little more, I guess, just just feeling and 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 more melody, just more melodic sound, right? And, and so, in, in with bringing in that guitar, we get uh, you know just a more melodic sound to the song, and also I want you to listen to how fast Jackson's right hand is moving there because it it's kind of this like muted. Like not a, not a palm mute, but like he's actually a, it's a left hand mute, and it kind of goes like thicka thicka da 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 thicka thicka. Listen to that thicka thicka part, because like his 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 right hand is moving so fast when he does that. Not super complicated, but there's always bringing in these interesting challenge sounds and textures and changing things up. With kind of this kind of just like complexity and character that that makes these songs what they are. I thought this had more of maybe like more of maybe a major chord type. I feel like it was brighter sounding when yeah. that one guitar part comes in. It's the the other song sounds kind of minor key, like very technical, but it was it wasn't real bright sounding. Where this one just sounds a little brighter. You know? I agree, and you don't get that hint because power chords don't have the third note in them, so you can't tell if it's a minor chord or not. 
and you don't get that hint until that, that second guitar comes in, and then we know that it's more of a major chord, right? Yeah. And so so the song really brightens up as that comes in. Yeah, I agree. I have a question about the guitar that perhaps you can answer. At about 38 seconds in, there's this kind yeah. of screechy guitar part that just for like half a second that I like. You might back up a couple seconds before 38 seconds, right. um, but I don't, I'm not sure what's going on there. Ah, very good. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I, I thought that, that part was kind of cool, and you, you you don't hear it anywhere else. But I was like, what are they doing there? Yeah. Okay. So what that is is it's it's basically harmonic. So there's certain points on the guitar strings where if you pluck them, even if you're not pu- push it, if your if your like finger is on the string, but you're not pushing it down, you're just kind of like have your have your finger on the string, it'll still make a sound. Okay. And it's because they're at harmonic uh, intervals. So that's at fifths. Um, I think it's at, yeah. Da, 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 da. There's, a, there, there's a quieter one at fourths, a louder one at fifths, and a not quite as loud one at sevenths, I think. And so that one's at a fifth. And so on a guitar, for example, the easiest place to do that is on the, is on the, is a fifth. So it's on the fifth fret with like an A or a D chord. So basically, he's playing a chord. And he just, he lets his, he, he has a chord pushed down and then he lets it up as he's still, as he's still playing with his right hand and it hits a harmonic, uh, a harmonic str- a string that has a harmonic, uh, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, not fretted down, but just held down. And so it just, it makes a really squirrely sound because it, 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 it almost sounds like feedback, but it, it's just this harmonic. Anyway, that's the best I can explain. Did I, did I explain it okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of just a cool effect that. Again, yeah. I didn't notice till I really sat down and listened to these songs for this, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they're, it's fun thing, uh, you know. Happens a lot in punk, especially when you're when you're when what he because what he's doing there is what I kind of explained earlier, where he's he's moving his right hand a lot faster than, um, and it kind of gets that muted thuck, right? And that that he's he's doing that by letting the chord up, and then it. But when the chord is up, if he's if he's near a harmonic, it's still gonna make it's still gonna make this bright, really bright, sharp sound. Yeah. It's really cool. The Ryan comes in with his vocals, and the guitar uh, does something really interesting here again at the beginning of the first verse. Um, instead of continuing on with the power chords, like as a punk rock thing, it goes in kind of a distorted, arpeggiated thing. And so you get this like. Did you hear that dunna 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 mm-hmm. in the background there? Yeah. So uh, there and and they they talk about this in those interviews that there's two guitar tracks going on here even though there's only one, Jackson in the band at this point there's two guitar tracks going on here. Uh, and so one of the guitar tracks is just doing this arpeggiated thing and it and it it adds this like great amount of texture to to the uh to to the to the chorus here or not the chorus to the verse here. And then once again we get into another one of these kind of like palm muting you know notes voiced um and and it's actually what you brought up here a second ago. Kind of around that that harmonic that you brought up. He's just doing so much things, and, and there he is all over the all over the uh, the fretboard, doing the the lower notes there, and then getting into the harmonics and and the thicka thicka things. And it's anyways, it's great. 
And then you get a, a, a very prominent uh, vocal here, which is this prison that I call my room, which uh, stands out to me and, and Jay already called me on. Um, <laughs> um, this is one of the songs I think where it's like just random, random lyrics stand out to me. So I took note of a lot of them here. Another one comes up here, which is never change me. Another useless night. I guess I'll be all right. You never change me. And once again, Ryan's vocals kind of go monotone there, but I don't know. For me, it just works. Like, I don't know. I, th I think they're also doubled here, so I think he's doing a little bit of a harmony with himself, but they're both super monotone in that harmony. I don't know. There's something about that vocal right there that just really works for me. I like it better than, again, than the, the first, first song. song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So and then um, the song breaks down and we get kind of uh, back into like the, that opening bass riff. So the song almost just repeats here, but it, it's, it's done with like this uh, like there's just a weird syncopation to the drum I think that makes it feel entirely different. So once like I said, this song kind of starts over. We get kind of a re, a re, uh, another verse here, and and then another chorus that kind of ends out the song. Get that great drum fill. Great drum fill at the end there. And I noticed like Slick Shoes never just like ends their songs awkwardly or like lets them fade out. They all end with as much energy as they start out with. You know, they just like, they always do something interesting right there at the end of the song. All right. How many drum fills do you think are in this song? <laughs> no idea. All right. It's 11. That's what I count at least. Nice. Once again, it's a super fast song, so it's kind of hard to tell. But I, I counted 11, 11 on this one. And this song actually appears on their best of album, which I think is very fitting. It's it's one of their uh, it's one of the best songs on this uh, little EP here. Want to talk about the lyrics? Sure. All right, let me read them here real fast. Binded hands and a restrained mouth. Will I ever get out of this prison that I call my room? And now I'm carried by my dreams. As foolish as it seems, you'll never change me. Another useless night. I guess I'll be all right as long as you stay here. More time not spent, my trouble never ends, I keep on thinking of you. Sometimes I'm wrong, I just want to write you songs, helping my brothers out, sometimes I can't help but shout. What do you think this one's about? Honestly, no idea, because it says, <laughs> you'll never change me, but then later, I keep on thinking of you. Mm -hmm. He's got to be switching yous in this song, right? I don't know. I feel like this one could be a fight with a girlfriend. This one seems more girlish. Yeah. But yeah. not completely clear either. Yeah, I mean, definitely from the first, a binded hands and a restrained mouth. Like, we're, we're in a verbal argument, you know. 
but I'm trying not to say anything too bad. I don't know will I ever get out of this prison that I call my room, though. Hmm. And now I'm carried by my dreams, as foolish as it seems. You'll never change me. The last verse I understand. Sometimes I'm wrong. I just want to write you songs. Helping my brothers out. Sometimes I can't help but shout. I understand that. Yeah. The rest of it, though, you know, it could be a fight with a girlfriend. It, I guess it could be God, you know, having a disagreement with God kind of thing. Well, it's funny you say that because that was something I thought of with this album is. I don't know about you, but back in the day when I was yeah. listening to this type of stuff, I was always trying to make it about God, even when it wasn't. And I feel <laughs> kind of bad for bands thinking back because I'm sure I wasn't the only one doing that where you're like, you're supposedly this is a Christian band, right? And so you're mm-hmm. reading so hard into the lyrics, this stuff that really may be about a girlfriend or relationship or just somebody they know. And right. I'm just trying to make it all about God. And I don't, I've been thinking back, like, I don't even know why I felt like I had to do that, but <laughs> I don't know. Did you do that at all with stuff? Oh, of course. Yes. I, I think part of it had to do with, you know, listening to music that was not like, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman or, Chapman or Michael W. Smith. So you already had to like justify it to people who think that you're listening to like ungodly music because it's fast, you know? Mm. And so, and so you're already digging a little bit, like you, you almost feel self-conscious in like, I, I know there's God in here. I got, I just got to find it, you know? So I think that's part of it. I think the other, also just another part of it is just like, that's the industry. Right, we're in that you're in that. There's this is being put out by the Christian music industry. So if I'm not seeing God in here, I'm just missing it. Mm. That's the expectations at that point. That's like all we knew, right? So of course it's in there. Right. Plus, I think you're right. Musically, it sounds a little more edgy or whatever you want to say. And so there better be God in there, or mom and dad <laughs> are gonna rip that. You know, whatever. Like exactly. something bad's gonna happen. So like. Yeah, it's a good point. I just remember searching so much, trying to find, you know, oh, this must be, they must be talking about God here, when I really <laughs> had no clue, and they probably weren't. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you might be able to read the song that way, but I think it makes more sense as just a fight with a girlfriend or something like that, you know? Yeah. All right. Should we move on? Yep. Last song, My So-Called yeah. Real World. This is the shortest song on the EP, and as I already said, it's one, it was always my favorite one um, as a kid. So the song, once again, starts off with just some classic Slick Shoes riffing, you know, that we've kind of already discussed here, and then goes into this, like, out of nowhere, like, kind of solo, like, at the very beginning, it's very, like, it catches you off guard, I think. And that uh, very quickly goes into the first verse, which is, you know, just as energetic and it's full of power chords. Honestly, there's there's this is more, not one of the most technical songs in the album, except for that weird little solo there at the beginning. The, uh, the the verse here ends with the line. I took your hand to find out your world works up. Your world was upside down, which I always really liked as a kid. You know, we'll come back to that, though. I, 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 I don't really know how to talk about the song structure of this song because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think. 
I think you might have to look at it whereas just like the that last line of the verse, I took your hand to find out your world works upside down, is kind of just like that's almost the course. Um, because after that it kind of goes into another another verse. So in this uh, second verse, so there's a little more going on with the guitar, but I'm kind of really rushing here to get to the second half of the song. So after that second verse, there's which also ends in the line, "I took your hand to find out your world where your world was upside down." The song, song kind of goes into this kind of like bridge with kind of a simple guitar riff. Your world was upside down. This kind of goes into another verse here, although it's, I think it's the same, like, guitar part musically the same, but the vocals are different for the beginning part of this verse, but then it ends up being the same as the other verses. And it ends up once again with the greatest gift you gave to me was turning my world upside down, which is honestly what kind of grabbed me about this song when I was young, kind of this imagery of being surprised by someone else's life slash world that is like just completely different from yours. And at first you're kind of uncomfortable by it, but over time you come to realize that, you know, broadening your worldview by having your own life turned upside down is an amazing gift. I don't know if that's actually what the song is about, but that's what I liked about it. Clifton. It's clearly about God turning Maybe. your life upside down, turning your life the right way once you've given your heart to him. Probably so, yeah. Hmm. It's not about right. broadening your perspective and meeting some other person from a different culture or different world. You know, it's not that. <laughs> it's clearly about God. As a kid, I always heard it kind of both ways. You know, like sometimes I listen to him like, that's definitely about God. And sometimes I listen to him like, that's maybe something else too. I don't know. Anyways. After that final verse in, the song kind of goes out on this great, great like, once again, this, like, palm-muted, quick attack, perfect slick shoes riffs. Upside down. And that's it. Four songs. Wow. Want to talk about the lyrics? Sure, we kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah, talk about that more. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll read them here real fast. See me, I play all your games better than you do. I see it as nothing new. What would you do? I plan my life alone. Stumble through the unknown. I took your hand to find out your world was upside down. I thank you for all you gave to me and forgive you for what you've done. But don't ever expect from me the stupid things you've done. I plan my life alone. Stumble through the unknown. I took your hand to find out your world was upside down. On a day, then came to me, a promise of something new, a promise that you'll care for me, love, unconditional. Now as far as my life is concerned, it's all in perspective. The greatest gift you gave to me was turning my world upside down. Again, I'm not sure it's the same you throughout the song. Exactly. That's, what's, that's, what's, that's what confuses me here. And why One day I could hear this as you know, it being about God, and another day I hear it not being about God. Because I play your games better than you do. You know, I plan, you know, anyways, 
don't also, ever expect from me the stupid things you've done. I don't feel like right. that fits with the idea of God. Exactly. And also it says, I plan my life alone, stumble through the unknown. Twice. And I wonder if that's a reference to like, once again, a girl thing here, right? Where it's like, I don't need, I don't need you in my life. I plan to be alone. And I'm doing, you know, not great, but it's fine. <laughs> and then you turn my world upside down. So it could be about God. It could be about a girl turning his world upside down because it's introducing him to a bigger perspective. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think? Well, you know, how old would I have been? 16-year-old Jay would have <laughs> said it's about God, but now I'm not sure. I like the idea mm-hmm. of it being open to a new perspective and meeting somebody and then transforming it. You know, current yeah. Jay likes that, but back in the day, again, I would have been like, oh, see, clearly this is about God turning yeah. his life upside down. Yeah. It's funny that we used to search for that so much in, in lyrics because, like, if, for instance, if this is about God or some of these other songs, if they're about God, it's not any type of deep <laughs> theological message, right? It's right. real surfacy and not great. Not that a lot of Christian music wasn't already that way. So it's funny that we just <laughs> had to make it about God because it wasn't like it was saying anything really unique anyway. Yeah. I, th- I think this song is interesting from both perspectives. Like, I think that there's something kind of deeper than just that, you know, than, than just surface level here. I think, I think it's very interesting to the, you know, turn my world upside down type thing to, to rearrange my thoughts, you know, and, 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 and how I perceive the world, whether that be a girl or whether that be God or something else. Right. I think that even if it's theological, I think that's a, it's not like a deep theological argument, you know, it's not, it's not the Calvinism that we talked about with, uh, (laughs) with plank eye or the, or the whatever kind of thing that was going on with, with black eyed Siva. Right. Right. But it's still interesting and, and emotional, I think. True. Yeah, give it that. Yeah. Right. What'd you think, Jay? It was good. I, for some reason, didn't... I don't know if, kind of like you, I was looking for their full length, and when it came out, that's just all I listened to, because I did oh, listen really? to Rusty quite a bit. But And I had this, and I, I mean, these songs were familiar, but I just didn't listen to it. <laughs> as much or maybe because it was so short i didn't pay as much attention yeah. but it's good I, it, it's really good i could sing i could pretty much sing every song along with it as it when i when i listened to it again for the first time yeah the other, the other day so i mean i'm thinking back it's 1996 tooth and nail had put out that i'm your biggest fan compilation which some of the songs <laughs> on that are really good some are kind of yeah. meh but i'm sure yeah. they rejected a lot of stuff even before they put it out. And so I'm thinking, you know, you get this demo tape in the mail and you put this in, and I know it's not going to sound this good because the recording, but even if these songs were somewhat similar, I'm sure you're like, whoa, okay, I'm going to call these guys because if nothing else, they're very talented. Yeah. Um, So I could see why Tooth and Nail was willing to just kind of put out this EP without even seeing the band live. Just like, okay, all right, you know what? We're not going to pass on this. Let's, Let's try this. Which is that's another thing that got mentioned in those interviews is that Tooth and Nail had a rule about not signing uh, bands that they didn't see live, but they never saw Slick Shoes live before they signed them. All they did was he, was hear this the demo and then the EP. Yeah, and I understand that rule. That makes a lot of sense. But it yeah, is. I'm sure they were thinking like, okay, they're gonna somebody else is gonna pick them up. So yeah, let's give them a shot. Yeah. So it's you know it's eight songs. 
All right, eight minutes, four songs. It's actually exactly, according to the CD right here, it's exactly eight minutes long um, when I put the CD in the computer, you know. Um, so it's exactly two minutes long per song. <laughs> I will mention that one thing that came up in those interviews that I found really, really interesting is they said, everything, everything on that EP is so fast and adrenalized because we were so stoked and scared to be in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, especially yeah. the second song is like incredibly fast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just there, there's just so much energy and 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 just just and everything. Like I said, it's just so much movement, so much texture. It's just it's just all kind of great. I loved it. I like I said, I I, I really like Rusty, but I, I think I've gone back to this more times over the years, probably because it's just easy to get a, a quick little eight minute taste, and it is to listen to a whole out, whole full length, you know. Yeah. But it's just I don't know. I really like it. What do you think about kind of the cover packaging, all that stuff? Yeah, so you know the the cover artwork. I I don't. I probably didn't recognize it at the time since I wasn't part of that world. But the album cover, kind of with the big like almost bubbly kind of slick shoes logo, is obviously just like pure skate art, right? Right, kind of like graffiti art. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know if I listened to this EP based solely on the album cover, but I very well might have because it's you know, you you look at that and you you definitely get punk from it. You don't get, you know, I don't know what else would. I don't know what else you would think looking at that cover. So, right. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's clearly punk. So I think the, 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 even though it's pretty simple, the album cover is great. Oh, by the way, everyone, whenever we do these albums, if, if the artwork isn't in full on Discogs, I always put the full artwork on Discogs. So if you ever want to see the artwork, go to Discogs. All the full artwork is there because I always put it on there when we do these albums. So the rest of the album is kind of minimalistic, but on point, you know, the album cover is blue. The back is blue. The CD is blue. Even the CD holder plastic little part is blue. <laughs> um, a lot of blue going on here. The The back of the album is, is just like a, it's blue with that little logo kind of in the top left corner. And then in, in one line are all four titles for the four songs with no numbers and just like crown icons between the songs. I don't know. Which is kind of a, a skate thing. I think that brand like Stussy used to have that. That's kind of, I think that fits uh, with kind of that vibe at the time. Okay. Okay. See, once again, not being part of the skate culture. I don't know that kind of stuff. <laughs> when you open up the uh, the sleeve, there's two black pages on this interior um, with white lettering. Uh, one side is, uh, is like the credits. On the other side is the lyrics. By the way, we already know that Bill Power is the one who called the band. But he's also listed as the as as an executive producer along with Brandon Ebel on this EP, mm. and he designed the packaging. So, like, was Brand was Bill Power taking on a greater role at Truth and Nell at this time, or did he just go out on like a huge limb with these guys and like take some of the financial risk of of of, of telling Brandon we have to sign these guys? I don't hmm. know. I don't know either. Looking through the thank yous, I didn't recognize any of the bands, but I looked up uh, four things that they had listed there that said Our Friends, which were Drunken Mishap, EDL, Little Jack Funky, and Woodslide. <laughs> now, EDL did have an album out. Yes. I remember that one. Now, I don't know it, the other three. Is that Everyday Life? Yeah. Like that rap core band? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's them. I looked up Drunken Mishap. They are not a Christian band. They are kind of a thrashy skate punk band. From um, the same place, Antelope Valley, California, as Slick Shoes, who had a one release in 1997. It's on YouTube, by the way. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. 
I found a couple videos of Little Jack Funky on YouTube. Wait, what Definitely kind of playing music? it. A ch- what kind of music? Oh, is it's that? just the worst. Let me. Okay. Can you play it? No, sure. I'll play it here. Let's, it's let's it's, it's just. <laughs> ugh, so horrible. Let me. Let me. Find little it Jack Funky. I thought it was like a really bad rapper or something. Jack is spelled J A C, by the way. Yep. There's a video of the guys running up some stairs. pretty bad the music i could have done but the the low vocals who no yeah exactly the the vocals combined with that music are just the worst it's very clearly filmed in front of a youth group like it just very clear very clearly in a youth group there and then woodslide is kind of like a folky band um that once again was in the same place uh antelope valley valley and they actually broke up probably like right after this ep came out they were you know and then on the back, there's kind of a sleeve. On the back of the sleeve, there's like a photo booth type pictures of the guys with the names and instruments listed. I think overall, it's good packaging. You know, it's simple, but it gets, it's like I said, it's on point and it gets the job done. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, and I know a lot of people may not agree, I think this cover artwork is better than the next three slick sheets full <laughs> Yeah. I think Rusty is just this weird hodgepodge. The Burnout one's yeah. got the flames, but that was just too much at the time. And Wake Up Screaming is a terrible oh, cover with that sure. kid in the bed. Yeah. So they maybe should have just stuck with this. <laughs> kind of like 121 where they just do like a variation yeah. of theme over and over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I could, I could go for that. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, because after this, they don't really have any like strong branding that I remember for a while. I yeah. think. It's like not until their self-titled album do they really have like another logo again. Right. We talked about recording quality, but anything else you want to say about it? Not really. You know, I, like I said, it's 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 fine, but it, it came off just it's duller than I remember. That, that's mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's, it doesn't sound as good as some of their other albums overall. No. Yeah. So before we get into the closing parts, I want to bring up something weird that I found that I already sent to you, Jay, which is. On Bandcamp, I found something called oh. Slick Bits. Yes. <laughs> this is basically 8-bit version of this, um, of this EP here. I, w- I want to play a little bit here for you. It's actually pretty entertaining. There's there's times where it sounds really good. There's times where it sounds like Contra, I think. Um. <laughs> you know, it, it it almost seems to be about the same speed. Like, I'm wondering if you just put Ryan's vocals over that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. 
So the guy actually has a bunch of more stuff on uh, SoundCloud. This is this is on Bandcamp, but he has a bunch more stuff on SoundCloud. His name is Mario Skatecore. That's skate with an eight. So M A R I O S K the numeral eight C O R E. Hmm. Yeah, he has a bunch more stuff on uh on SoundCloud, including a a a, a eight bit cover of like American football's um, Never Meant. Let me let me I want to play a little. Okay, bit I'd here. like to hear that. That doesn't sound like 8-bit. I know. He also has MXPX's middle name. Anyways, I thought it was fun. A little, little thing out there. <laughs> <laughs> so Clifton, where are they now? So you already ruined the story that I was telling I'm earlier. Sorry, you, you, could, you could take I'll, that out. I'll pretend like now. you didn't, though. Okay. okay. Where we left off in our history, this EP was just being played as hold music when you called Tooth and Nail. As the band tells the story, Tooth and Nail got such great feedback from just the hold music that they signed Slick Shoes for a three-album deal. Amazing. Yeah, I still don't think they'd seen them live. No, they still hadn't seen them live at that point. <laughs> Pretty nuts. <laughs> Which is maybe a good thing. I've seen some early Slick Shoes live, and it's not great. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, they have some, like... It's what every punk band goes with this time, you know? Because, like, there's no, like, front of house someone who's mixing it all together. So it's just, like, the guitar is as loud as the plug it in, play it, and the drums are as loud as drums are, and, you know, bad mixing is what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to skip forward to more modern times, and we'll cover some other of that in-between history when we cover other Slick Shoes albums. So uh, according to a 2015 interview that Jay sent me, the band uh, with the band with Breathe Cast, I don't know if that's a podcast or something, I'll quote that here. It says, Ryan is a supervisor at a machine shop. Joe is an Apple slash Mac platform engineer for NASA. Jackson and Jeremiah work on high voltage electrical equipment substations. We all have families. Kids range from zero to 20. And if that isn't enough, Joe plays drums in another band called the Carmines with Greg Tagawa, a guitarist on the Wake Up Screaming and self-titled albums. And at that time, they were also doing a reunion show with MXPX and Five Iron Frenzy. Oh yeah, and it's probably worth mentioning that in 2019 the band reunited, put out a live album called Broadcasting Live on Tooth and & Nail, and in 2020 they actually released a brand new album full of brand new material, also recorded and produced by Steve Kravick, Rotation and Frequency, which is also available on Tooth & Nail. Weird. Did you listen to it? I listened to some of it, yeah. Yeah, I did too. It's good. It sounds it's like It's good. It's shoes. not... It, 
you know, it, it's it's high energy, it's fun. It doesn't sound like these first couple albums, but it's still it's still definitely slick shoes. It's kind of like it's like it's kind of like you know if you took and amalgamated all the different sounds of slick shoes into one, but you but you brought Jackson back and had his great guitar playing. Yeah. Do you have an award for this album? Kind of. It's not a funny award. I just but I just want to give it a an, an award called Right Hand Man because of just how fast Jackson is with his right hand playing guitar. It's just it's just amazing and it brings a lot of energy to this. Fair. I agree. It's uh very fast. I think this was we mentioned it briefly, but just to touch on it again, you know, those of us that were just in this little sheltered Christian world, we'd really only heard MXPX value pack and goatee hook this is the first time mm-hmm. i think we were hearing more like yeah skate punk or tech more kind of technical right still pop punk but very technical version of it i mean if you were listening to like fat records at the time or epitaph or something you definitely would hear bands like this but you know in our little bubble this was the first time yeah i would say you hear bands bands more like this but i will i will put slick shoes up against all the fat records bands and say that they're better Whoa. And that's not just because I grew up with him. I think that that's how good a guitar player and songwriter Jackson is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that should have been the award. <laughs> As I said, though, like, I went back and listened through all those influences and all those other bands that were around at this time. And that just, like, quick palm muting into other kind of things, like those riffs and stuff, like, nobody else was doing that kind of stuff, even in skate punk, at least not the stuff that I can find. If I'm wrong, Please send me where it's coming from because I would love to listen to that band. <laughs> All right, everybody, you're now you have your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clifton, what are we doing for the next episode? I don't know. What are we doing? Well, I was hoping you'd say it, but I'll say it. Um, We are going (laughs) to interview each other. Clifton and I are going to actually see each other in the flesh for the first time in, man, how many years? Years? I don't know. A lot. Jeez. (laughs) When was that? Well, we could talk about that later, but we'll we'll figure that out and we'll tell you. Record. So (laughs) it won't be about anything in any album in particular, but I know we'll talk music and kind of talk upbringings and just all that stuff. So if you want to know more about us, it'll be a great episode. If you don't, skip it and wait till we do <laughs> another one with music. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, found at all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us. Send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com. The music in this episode is the work of Slick Shoes and is used with apologies, not permission. Once again, you can find all their stuff on the streaming platforms, including their new album, Rotation and Frequency. I assume you can buy it. I 
I know they put out a bunch of like vinyls when it came out and all kinds of stuff, but I don't know where you can buy it now, but it is available on Tooth and Nail wherever you buy Tooth and Nail stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Check it out. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.